called to be the light of the world. Not just the light in your workplace or the light in your street or your community. The light of the world. Are you living your life so that anybody could come along and think, I know who I need to ask. I know who can help here. And people can seek you out because they know that you've got the answer for their situation. And others get initiated by God. So there's the great story of Philip and the Ethiopian. There's an amazing scenario where there's an angel turns up and Philip gets up and preaches the gospel with the Ethiopian. And God initiated that. Are you asking God to come and give you things where you can initiate stuff with people? Um, We had a situation where um, Mark had a dream one night. And in his dream, um, the guy that was coming to fix our boiler the next day, in his dream, he stood and prayed for him and he got healed. So he woke up the next morning very excited about this boiler man coming to fix our boiler. He did a great job. And when he'd done all of that and he'd had a cup of coffee, he said, uh, can I just ask you, do you have a bad back? And he said, yes, I do. And he said, uh, can I pray for you? So he let him pray for him, and he said his back felt better. And he said, this is really interesting. God is on my case. And he talked about how many people he'd come across in recent days and months that were Christians and that were just touching his life with something. Everybody's on a journey. Are you asking God, wherever you are, God, can I be the next step in this person's journey coming to know you, Jesus? We were at Sainsbury's, 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 (laughs) and uh, we went in there for a cup of coffee, and uh, we just paid for the drinks, and uh, this girl that was kind of serving kind of looked a bit miserable, and she was kind of feigning a smile to do customer service and all that, and I was looking at her, and I was thinking, it would be really good just to get something for her to kind of cheer her up today, and looked at her name badge, and it said Rebecca, and I thought, oh, that's very interesting. And I turned to Mark, and he was on his phone. I was thinking, put your phone away. You know, we could have a moment here. And uh, he was Googling her name. And uh, he said to her, do you know what your name means? And she said, no, no, I don't. And he said, Rebecca. And he said, she said, well, it's Becky. I only get called Rebecca by my mum when she's about to tell me off. And he said, did you know that the name Rebecca means helper? And I think you're a really helpful person. God loves that about you. She was like, yeah, fine, whatever. (laughs) She wasn't impressed at all. And I was thinking, there's something more here. There's a God moment here. And then I looked at her. And then Holy Spirit just gave me something really specific. And I looked to my left and my right to make sure there were no other Sainsbury's employees. And I said, what are you doing here? She said, excuse me? And I said, you are way too smart to be working here. Why are you serving coffees for a living? And she stood up and this big grin spread across her face. And she said, I'm training to be an accountant. And I'm paying for all my education. And this is one of the ways I'm doing it. And I said, an accountant, that's awesome. That's more like it. That's what you're meant to be doing. Can I pray for you? She said, yes. So I took her hand, 
I just prayed that she'd just ace all her exams, that she would just get through her studies, it would be a breeze, that she would land an amazing job, she'd have a great career in accountancy, and she's just going to know the blessing of God on her life. And she was completely bowled over. Completely. And all we were doing was going in for a cup of coffee. There are opportunities everywhere, all the time, if you can just think, how about it, God? So, in the Bible, where are there some examples of God initiating this? Our Acts 9, this is our classic one, if you've got your Bibles with you, Acts 9. Um, so this is where we take our basis of treasure hunting from. So, um, hands up if you have never been treasure hunting before. Come on, higher. Right, you have an opportunity to go treasure hunting. That handsome young man who was in the DVD over there, Nathan, he is going to do a treasure hunt session on the 6th of April. So if you have never done it before, the prospect of it is utterly terrifying. He will hold your hand and there will be others to come and do it with you. Okay, Nathan, when did you start treasure hunting? 11, 12, thereabouts. And he is an absolute stonking treasure hunter now. He's nearly 19. And you can do it. You can do it. It really is an easy way to get started. So why do we do treasure hunting? I'll explain. So in Acts 9, it says, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Does it say a church leader? Not a connect group leader? Not an evangelist, a believer in Damascus called Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. He said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you arrive, ask for Saul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And we hear that he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest every believer in Damascus. But the Lord said, go and do what I say. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much, we, how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you may get your sight back and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food and was strengthened. So he gives him the location He tells him that he's praying. He tells him what's wrong with him and that when he prays, he'll get healed. So how about you're just sitting in your living room and you're just reading your Bible and you've got your favorite CDs on and you're worshiping and God says, why don't you go and knock on number nine? The lady who lives, oh God, not the lady at number nine. 
yeah, why don't you go knock on her door? She's really in a bad way. She's really poorly. Why don't you go pray for her and see her get better? How about that? Is that on your radar when you're sitting having your quiet time or not so quiet time? Cornelius in Acts 10, just a little further on. So um, Peter has this vision where this sheep comes down and he sees all of these animals and, and this voice says, get up and eat. And he has this vision and he really doesn't understand it. But in another place, God is speaking to Cornelius. And so Cornelius sends for Simon Peter. He goes and he speaks to him. And then we pick it up. Chapter 10, verse 44, it says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who had heard the message. So if you read through chapter 10, Peter does this potted version of the life of Jesus in about three minutes flat. And then he says, The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. And there could be no doubt about it, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Peter asked, can anyone now object to them being baptized? Now they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did. So he gave orders to them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So Peter kind of got this strange vision thing and really didn't quite understand it. Do you ever kind of have stuff from God and you really kind of don't get what it's about? Somebody kind of gives you a word and it's a bit confusing or you you have a dream and you think, is that a God thing or was that, did I have a dodgy pizza last night? But actually, it was preparing him for an encounter. I'm reading this really interesting book at the minute called Hippo in the Garden. And if you've anybody read it, it's great. And I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. And it's, it's just, the, the start of it is about just taking note of things that are just a little unusual. And normally you'd go, huh, strange, weird, and you might dismiss it. But actually, there might be a God thing in it. So we had the opportunity to do some um, evangelism training at a church in Staffordshire. And um, when you drive into the town... There's a big roundabout, and there are four miners standing on this roundabout, four statues of miners. Um, and it used to be a mining town, surprise, surprise. And it got shut down in the late 80s. And when it did, the whole community was devastated. Hundreds of people lost their jobs. They've been struggling for a very, very long time. And it's only in recent days, as more and more houses are starting to get built, that they're starting to see some kind of regeneration in this community. And I thought, oh, four miners, that's very interesting. They're all holding different things. So we get to the church Sunday morning, and I'm wearing um, a yellow top and some black trousers. And uh, the pastor's mum comes in. She's wearing yellow top and black trousers. So we have a little giggle. Did you get the email about the yellow top and the black trousers today? <laughs> then a third person, a third woman, comes in wearing a yellow jumper and black trousers. And I went... You know, we just had a talk about the email, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and I'm thinking about this hippo in the garden book that I'm reading. And then, I kid you not, a fourth girl walks in. This is not a big church, okay? There's about 80 people in this church. Four of us are wearing 
black trousers and a yellow top. And it was the same color yellow. It wasn't even different shades and hues. It was all the same. And I thought, how weird is that? Anyway, during the worship, the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me about us all wearing the same stuff. And he said, each four of you are like those miners standing on this roundabout. And you represent different things. And I said, well, who represents what? And he said, so the pastor's wife, she represents the generation of grandmas and the second, third generations, those that have got children and grandchildren that they're wanting to see grow up in the kingdom. Okay. And who's the other woman? Well, she's lived in this place for 50 years. She saw everything when the community got devastated. And she's been praying for donkey's years for God to break through and do something amazing in her town. Okay. Third one was a young girl. So mum was white, dad was Jamaican. She represents the next generation and the ethnic minorities in this community. Right. I don't want to lose me. What have I? God says, you're the ones that come visit this church. The ones that come to encourage, to get alongside them and to push on their momentum. So I got all four of us to stand up and pray. And we positioned ourselves like these little miners on the roundabout. And God just did something amazing. Absolutely amazing in that moment when all four of us prayed and the whole church prayed with us. And you know what? I could have easily missed that. I could have easily just thought, how funny, four of us wearing all the same thing on a Sunday morning. But actually, there was a God moment there. Are you looking out for where God wants to speak to you in kind of quirky, maybe more unusual ways? We've got a a bit of a fun tradition going here at daytime school that we have lorries and buses and things with all sorts of incredible things written on the side coming up and down Springhead Parkway here. I'm not trying to get to be weird and wacky and odd here, so don't hear what I'm not saying, but just kind of keep your antennae up. Try and take notice. Is God doing something here? Is he trying to speak? So are you looking to recognize a moment? Do you understand the privilege of when you get to be part of one of these little encounters? Are you asking God, can you feel his heart? Take a risk. When you're standing in front of a complete stranger, why don't you just say, Holy Spirit, what do you really love about this person? And then tell them. Anybody ever done that before? Yay. Four hands. Woohoo! Five. (laughs) Try it. I was in the shop and I was just buying some bits and bobs and just as I was paying, um, a picture of a greetings card came into my mind as I was paying for the cashier. And I thought, is it her birthday today? And so I said, oh, hello, is it your birthday today? And she went, no, not for months. Oh, it's not that then. Oh, okay. I said, uh, do, you, do you make cards? Or do you, do you have lots of cards? And she said, I don't make them, but I, I do have lots of cards. And I said, do you, do you really like sitting down and sending little notes and little cards to people to like cheer them up and encourage them and lots of get well cards? Yeah, I do. I do that a lot. And I said, yeah, God just told me that you did that. He really loves that about you. You're a real encourager. That's a really amazing thing to be. Don't ever stop being an encourager. She was absolutely thrilled to bits with that. And I was just busy paying for whatever I was paying for at the time. Okay. 
joining with the momentum that's already going on in their life. So I told you this story about the boiler person. We went out one Friday night and we were doing a, a treasure hunt. So we'd filled out our little clues on the cards. Um, and I had three names, a few appearance things. And we have an unusual category, which is quite fun. You put anything weird, wild, wonderful and unusual that just pops into your head. We write it down there. So three girls were sitting on a bench and I approached them and I said, oh, I've got a list of names here. We're just on an alternative treasure hunt. If any of these names mean anything to you, if it's your name, your middle name, your mum's name, your granny's name, your next door neighbours, your guinea pig's friend's name, that would be great. So I read out these names and one of them was Emma. She said, oh, that's my name. I'm Emma. I said, oh, okay. Um, And another clue on my list is diamond earrings. And she went, what, like these? Because she had big long hair. And I went, yes, just like that. So we just kind of explained what we were doing. We were kind of we prayed and we'd ask God for some clues and we'd come out because we wanted to find people so we could bless them, so we could pray for them, so we could do them good and tell them how much God loves them. That's the funniest thing, she said. I see on your list you've got the word star. And I said, yeah, are you, are you into stars? And she said, well, I was standing in my bedroom the other night and it was a really amazing, beautiful, clear night and I was looking at the stars and I was thinking about that Cinderella thing when you wish upon a star and I was saying, I really wish, you know what, if somebody somebody came and told me that God was real, I'd be really interested. (laughs) And I said, I said, don't want to big myself up or anything, but I think we're it. And we just chatted with her and she talked about the fact that her mum works with a born-again Christian. And this born-again Christian had kept asking her mum to come to church with her. And her mum was not sure whether to come. And she was asking her teenage daughter whether she should come and did she want to come as well. And it was just amazing. Do you believe that God has set you up? It's a setup. Honestly, we go out Friday afternoons doing Love Graves End. I can't tell you how many times we get set-ups. It's quite incredible. Gail, we, we started doing this thing in the borough market called Spirit Cafe, where we, we, we call it spiritual readings, but actually it's giving people prophetic words. And uh, it was the first week of doing it, so we're all a little bit nervous. We're not all quite sure, and we've kind of done the training, and then we sat down, and this lady sits opposite Gail, and she's French. And Gail is French. And we were like, oh, come on. Come on. How many French people are there in Gravesend? And on that Friday afternoon, she sat down opposite Gail. It was quite extraordinary, and they had an amazing conversation. God is on so many people. He's already at work in so many people's lives. We get this great invitation, this great privilege to actually just join in with what he's already doing. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. We went um, treasure hunting in Hornchurch, didn't we? You came out for the first time, you and Terry. And we had an absolute blast, didn't we? We had such a fun time. And people that you'd look at and you'd think, oh, I don't know that they want to be stopped in the middle of the street. Actually, it was incredible, wasn't it? They were really open to it. Um, and we had a free hug line going on. And uh, a couple of teenagers came and they got a free hug and they disappeared off. And they came back later and they gave them a card 
And it said, we started, how did it say we started our day? Our day was really rubbish and really low and it just wasn't a good day at all. And actually, you've really made our day. Something like keep doing what you're doing or something like that. This amazing card that these two teenagers, just from a free hug. Now, if you're thinking, oh, I've seen you in Gravesend on Friday afternoon. You're in the yellow T-shirt. Yeah, I've seen you. I've seen you. Yeah, that's not my thing. Well, last month, we had somebody baptized. And it started with a free hug on a Friday afternoon. So we literally just stand there, free hugs. They get a free hug. How's your day going? Oh, not great. Oh, that's no good. Come over here. I've got some friends. They're going to tell you something amazing about you. That's exactly what happened. She was completely bowled over. Came to an alpha course, got saved and baptized. All from Start a Free Hug. And this Friday, this Friday, a woman came to the gazebo and she said, I came here five years ago. I don't live in Gravesend. I hardly ever come here. And I had a free hug off somebody and I was really quite upset. And uh, he said to me, what's the matter? She said, and I poured my heart out and I was telling him that we've got one child, but we were absolutely desperate for a second one. We really, really wanted a second child. And this man, he stood and he looked me in the eye and he said, do you know that God hears each and every prayer? Every prayer you pray, God hears And today, she said, we're having birthday celebrations for that second child. Five years ago. So even seeds that you've sown ages and ages and ages ago, you may never even get to know what the outcome of that was. But actually, whoever that person was five years ago, something amazing happened. And she said, I knew you were the same people because of them yellow T-shirts you're wearing. So I was like, yes, vindicated with the yellow T-shirts. So demonstrating the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And in brackets, I've written to myself, restoring the marginalized, bringing freedom to captives. That's the job description, people. This is powerful. We can share Jesus's kingdom anytime, any place, anywhere. John 7, verse 37 says, Then on the most important day of the feast, on the last day, Jesus stood and said to the crowds, All you who are thirsty, come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your inmost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. The Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full glory. Revelation 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water, clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God, And from the Lamb, the river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on each side of the river was the tree of life, 
with 12 kinds of fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. So what's the deal with this river? Okay. Now that we are in the new covenant, where's the temple? Here. It's us. So next time you get out of the bath or the shower, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am a temple. It says that the Holy Spirit is flowing out of us because we are the temple. So what does that mean? It means it's all the time. Now, I love singing all these songs about we come alive in the river and we jump in the river and we do this with the river and that with the river. And I know I know what the heart is behind the songwriter. But actually, the river isn't something that we get into. It's something that's in us. And it's flowing out of us. And it's continuous. It's 24-7. And it's flanked by healing. So what is flowing out of you is life and healing and light and goodness and mercy and kindness and all of them goodies flowing out of you all the time. So do you get that your river's meant to be flowing everywhere? Do you have a little floodgate thing that you put on when you leave the church? Do you have a little dam at work? It's because you don't want it to spill over because you don't want them to think you're a bit... (laughs) It's meant to be flowing all the time. What good is a river that kind of flows periodically and then stops a bit and then flows again? It's meant to be flowing constantly. So, question, is your river flowing well? Are you recognizing invitations to be part of God's moments? Are you flowing anytime, any place, anywhere? So, it's quite tragic, isn't it, when you go into a little lovely spot and actually you see that the river's quite polluted. Somebody's chucked a Tesco shopping trolley in it, and there's bottles and there's bags and there's all sorts of toot in there. And I was wanting to just kind of think in the spirit, what are those things? What are those shopping trolleys and and bits of debris in our rivers? And I felt like God said one of them was disappointment. One of them was discouragement. One of them is fear, and that can, that can take lots of forms. In terms of an evangelistic moment, you can have fear of humiliation, um, fear of them thinking that you're just a bit nutty when you say, I can hear the voice of God. <laughs> fear of getting it wrong. And I found this great story recently. I'm just going to share this with you. I love this. This is brilliant. This is getting it wrong. Um, This is an email from Sean Boltz, 
not just to me, by the way. He sends thousands of people the same email. It's not just me and Sean Bolt. So I was at a well-known coffee house in Hollywood, like you do. I saw somebody in a queue um, who I knew belonged to the entertainment industry. I felt drawn to him, and so I began to ask God to share his heart with me so I could talk to him. Who ever goes out for coffee? Ever. Here we go. Are you ready? I went up to him and asked, Hey, do you have a brother called Stephen or a cousin maybe? He smiled at me and said, No. I said, Oh, thanks. Okay. And began to scurry away, feeling a bit embarrassed that my word of knowledge didn't go anywhere. Wait, he said. Why do you ask? I knew at this point I had a few choices. I could make out like I thought I knew his brother or cousin. I could say, oh, no, no reason at all. I could completely ignore him. But I felt I needed to be honest. Well, it's funny, I said. I'm practicing hearing from God, and so that's why I asked you. I thought that God had showed me something. I then braced braced myself for the rejection that would come with such a weird response. Oh, my goodness, he said. I've been waiting my whole life to talk to somebody who hears the voice of God. Do you have time to sit down with me and explain that to me? He was ecstatic. Do you know what? He got saved after 45 minutes from what started out to be a wrong word of knowledge. And here's the best bit. Information doesn't matter. Love does. Love covers even when we are wrong because relationship bridges gaps that risks or even immaturity create. I'm going to read that again. Information doesn't matter. Love does. Love covers even when we are wrong because relationship bridges gaps that risks or even immaturity create. So, just want to create an opportunity for you to respond tonight. So, close your eyes, hands on your heart. Just start to engage with Holy Spirit. Come and ask Holy Spirit, what's the debris that's stopping your river flowing well? Come and ask Holy Spirit to deal with any disappointment. Any discouragement? Just receive that perfect love that casts out fear. Father God, I want to pray that each and every one of us would get good at discerning your invitation to an evangelistic moment, Father. I pray that you would help each one of us to understand how you have uniquely designed each one of us to be evangelistic. Come and heal up any past experiences, any past disappointments, discouragements. I pray you would just come and unlock boldness 
and courage in each and every one of us. God, that we would just have a pure flowing river coming out of each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.